Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. It's always a good time to talk about how we can give less fucks, but there is a caveat and we want to give more context there. Because at the end of the day, I believe that the vision that God has given us is not always supposed to be understood by those around us. And the goal should be to push forward with our purpose, despite what others might think. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Our quote of the day. Remember, no one can make you feel inferior without consent. And that quote comes to us from Eleanor Roosevelt. I'm going to say that again one more time for the folks in the back. Remember, no one can make you feel inferior without consent. So, T, normally I, I ask you what you think, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to jump yes. in first because go ahead. When, when I hear the quote, I want to make sure that folks understand the implied your in between without and consent, right? So recognizing that someone cannot, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent, like without you giving them permission to make you feel that way. And when I think about it like that, at first, I know there's some people that are going to hear that and they're going to say, wait, what? Mm-hmm. I'm giving somebody permission to say hurtful things to me. 
and, and that is not what we're saying here. You're not giving permission for someone to say hurtful things to you. People are going to say what they want to say. How you think, though, in response to their words is on you. And if you were hurt by it, then you're giving them consent, right? Like you were saying, I am giving you consent to make me feel hurt. And really, it's not that you really giving them consent. What it really is is saying that there is something in the dynamic of our relationship that your words have so much power over me that I can take something that you said and be hurt by it. And now sometimes that person was intentionally trying to hurt your feelings. And other times, Somebody may say something and they might make a passing comment. Not with the intention of hurting you, but because of the power, either one, the power that person has over you, or two, and sometimes it's a combination of both, the space you are in in life, you are allowing those words to hurt you. So that's what I think when I hear that quote. What about you? Girl, this is a loaded one. And I think you hit the nail on the head with this. I think that depending on where someone is in their journey, this quote can hit different. Because I know for a fact that there were times in my journey where I would have been like, what? Like I, like you said, someone might listen to this and say, wait, what? It's they, wait, my consent? Okay, let's dive into it. So I think the phrase without your consent, right? Remember, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. I think that highlights the idea that feeling inferior is not an involuntary reaction. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. Ouch. I know. And mm-hmm. I think that it also suggests that we get to decide whether or not to accept or internalize negative judgments from others. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that it also encourages us to derive our self-worth from internal factors rather than relying solely on external validation. And we've all heard there's another, a great proverb that says, hit dogs will holler, right? Y'all heard Mm -hmm. that great proverb. So the thing about this, Dom, that this has been triggering for me in life at one time. I'm going to give you two examples. There was a time years ago, you probably know exactly who this was, but I'm not going to get into all the tea. But someone who I had done a lot for, like, I mean, I made so many sacrifices for this person. They got upset because I wasn't doing something they wanted me to do. And they called me selfish and it triggered me. And I remember when I, when they called me selfish, I remember going to several people that I knew and I was like, wait, they said this, do you think I'm selfish? I was looking for validation because I was so, I was hurt by who said it and why they said it. But I think at the end of the day, if I'm being honest with myself, there may have been something deep within me that resonated with the selfishness and I needed validation to let me know you're really not selfish. I needed other people to tell me that because I was not secure with the way I was with selfishness. And so Mm -hmm. that's just, it is what it is. 
There was another instance years ago when someone came out, someone was trolling me on social media and they were like, yeah, she's really a man. And they were like saying all this stuff in the comments. And it was actually really funny to me, but I think it's because I didn't resonate with being a man. Like it just, it did not, it, it didn't connect with any part of me. And so I think a lot of times when we are triggered by something or we're looking for that validation, we should really go with them because it's something inside that we may need to work on because that's why we're, I was sort of giving, I was giving the person who called me selfish. I was giving them consent to make me feel a certain way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does. And I think sometimes what it is is that we can be doing the work and sometimes someone says something that then becomes a reminder, right? So like when I hear that example that you gave, right, Mm -hmm. of that person calling you selfish and like being hurt by it and then like seeking like validation, to me, sometimes it is like you mentioned, like an indicator that like you're resonating with it because there's something that you're trying to, like you're working on within yourself around not being selfish. And so then it, it was like they were pushing your buttons with that comment. But then I think that there are times when what happens is that you have done the work and you know you're not selfish anymore or that you never were selfish, right? Mm-hmm. But you've done the work. And what it is is that person is pushing a pain point. So they know that this was something that was part of your plan. Mm. And they intentionally push that button because they know it would hurt. Mm, that's a good one. Or that they assume that there's a potential for it to hurt mm-hmm. because they know it's something from your path. And so they intentionally push that button. Okay. Not to go off on a tangent too far, but lady, we're going to set the stage and kind of lay the the foundation for this episode. But Dom, I wanted to ask you a question. So in this particular situation, I believe that the person was definitely projecting because that person is very selfish. And there are many, yeah, I was gonna say there are many ways in life in which you can, you can pinpoint like, okay, this person is definitely selfish. And I think part of my feeling was also like the audacity. Like I was like, you had the audacity to call me this when I did this, this, and this. So I think it was a combination of things. Do you think there's a world yeah. that exists where you can be frustrated and pissed off that someone has called you something, even though it may not really resonate with you? Because I know that I'm not selfish. I do so much and I'm so selfless in so many ways. And so do you think there's also a world where you can be triggered, but it not necessarily be an indication of how you feel about yourself, but more so because you're upset that someone has the audacity, all things considered? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. I think the thing is that we all, that we, when someone says something to us, we will have an emotional response to what they say. Sometimes that emotion is chill. Mm-hmm. I'm chill because I'm not saying is neutral, right? I'm not saying either way by what you say. Sometimes it's like the example that you gave when someone was trolling you online and you found it hilarious. Other times, it could be that they have you outraged. Or could be hurt, could be sad, could be amusement, could be excitement and joy. Like There are so Mm. many different emotions that are going to automatically be elicited by the words of others. 
I think our quote of the day is speaking specifically to those feelings of inferiority. That, and honestly, you know, when someone says something to us, how whatever feelings are elicited, that's based on where we are in that space and time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our relationship to that person. Mm-hmm. Because let's be real. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about like fashion. Mm-hmm. I saw somewhere online once and I was like, oh yeah, that feels, that feels accurate. That let's say you're walking down the street and like you got this outfit on that you know, like you're like, you, you outside and you got this outfit on that you just know is fly. And that's why you're really outside, right? Because you want to be seen in this fly ass fit. If the children, if a child acknowledges, because you know the children being the truth teller, mm-hmm. if a child acknowledges that your outfit is fly, or another black woman acknowledges that your outfit is fly, what is going to be your response? Most of us are going to feel elated. We're going to carry our head a little higher. We're going we, we to feel validated in our flyness, right? But if a child walks past you and they say something negative about that outfit, you're going to be second guessing yourself. Hey, lady, it's Terry here. Dom and I want to take a moment to thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast. We love you for real. And we want to give you a chance to learn more about what's important to us. So tell us what you think about this. Imagine a world where you have a chance to get featured on the Cultivating Her Space podcast and share your business brand, or perspective with millions around the globe. Imagine joining our monthly virtual video check-ins where you can connect with like-minded Black women like you and share your ideas and episode suggestions with Terry and I. Now I want you to imagine a world where you're in the exclusive Cultivating Her Space Sanctuary Slack channel and throughout your day and week, You are conversing with us about what's happening in your life and sharing funny gifts and your personal wins. How does that sound? Hopefully this is up your alley, lady, because we are taking things to the next level this year and we're doubling down on investing in our community. That means you. Yay! We want to meet you, connect with you, and create communities of genuine women who love on Black women and push our culture and movement forward. We launched this podcast in 2019, and to date, we have not missed a week. We've been great stewards of our platform, all while working full-time and navigating our own ups and downs. We release fresh new content every single Friday, like clockwork, and we have hundreds of valuable episodes and workshops that can really help you up-level your life. So if you love our mission, or you've gotten value from us, we invite you to give back and help us push this community effort forward. Visit herspacepodcast.com and click Patreon. You can learn more about our goals and exclusive offerings on Patreon. And we highly, highly encourage you to join the Sister Frontier so that you can get some one-on-one time with us. We also have an option for you to donate on a one-time basis if that meets your needs. Again, herspacepodcast.com and you can click that link that says 
Patreon. All right, lady. We'll hop right back into the conversation. I was going to say, if you already felt a little maybe insecure, maybe you you were trying a new fashion statement. Because I feel like if you're confident and you like, and there are times down where I will wear something and it's not necessarily fashionable to other people, but I'm like, I like it. So if someone says something, I'm like, oh, okay, that's your opinion. Like, I feel good in this. But if I test right. something out and I'm unsure, then that'll really bother then, me. What yeah. do you think? All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, You'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black Stories, Black Truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the Rich Black Auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, right? right? That like, I think that even the most confident, even if you are the most confident though, there yeah. is going to be like that split second like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, wait, like and it might be like a, it might be like a, oh, oh you really said that about this thing? I, I, yeah. Like you said, no, the agree because I'm I believe that I'm confident and I'm confident in in yeah. how I'm working. But if you are unsure, then it, it will sit with you longer. Mm-hmm. You are going to be. It is going to go back to our quote of the day of like feeling yeah. a little bit inferior because the truth tellers 
the elders and the truth that you didn't believe that you didn't agree with. Yes. Now, lady, we know this episode title probably has you feeling away or maybe you're like, yes, like I don't give a fuck. Or maybe you're like, what are they talking about? So let's just kind of set the stage before we jump it a little bit deeper. Now, Dom, I don't know if you can resonate with this, but as someone who was raised in church with a deeply religious upbringing and I was somewhat seen as the golden child, like the one that everyone had these high expectations for. All the little kids, like my cousin, most of the little kids, should I say my cousins and kids that were around me, they looked up to me. My siblings looked up to me. My parents held high expectations for me and what I was to become. Because of that pressure, for a very long time, I was a prisoner of the opinions of others. And I do think that at some point in my life, it did serve me. But as a woman well into my 30s now, I have new interests. I'm interested in diving into taboo topics and desires. And I feel like at this point in my life, my purpose is somewhat to like shake shit up and embark on non-traditional paths. And so as I'm like rebranding myself and figuring out what I want to share with the world, I'm sensing some tension around fulfilling this purpose. And for me, the challenge lies in not letting the judgments and opinions of others impact me in a meaningful way that'll stop me from my purpose. So I, lady, I really do believe that this conversation is super important, especially as we embark on a new year and new season. No matter when you're tuning into this episode, you know, it could be a new season, a new year is definitely a new day. So it's always a good time to talk about how we can give less fucks. But there is a caveat and we want to give more context there. Because at the end of the day, I believe that the vision that God has given us is not always supposed to be understood by those around us. And the goal should be to push forward with our purpose, despite what others might think. So we have no fucks to give. But Dom, before I jump into jump into what having no fucks means to me, what does it mean to not give a fuck to you? It's similarly to what it means to you in terms yeah. of being in a faith where you're not like beholden to the opinions of others. Yeah. Right. When it comes, and I want to, but I do want to clarify that that's in regards to myself and my personal choices. Right. I think that there are times when. I do have to give a fuck about what other people say. Other people, I do have to intentionally solicit the opinions of others when a decision that I'm making impacts more than just myself. Right? So, let me give some real life examples here. Yes. So, y'all know I like to travel. Most times, it's rare that I'm taking a solo trip, although that's one of the things that I do want to do more of is taking like solo trips. But if when I'm traveling with others, it can't be, well, I'm going to do A, B, C, and D, and I'm not worried about what y'all are on. A, B, C, and D is what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's not realistic if I'm traveling with a group of people. Because me doing A, B, and C will to some extent impact everyone in that group. 
And so I do need to care about what other people want and what other people's interests and needs are as we're planning something to do as a group. But even within that, there are some things that won't matter to them, right? What I decide to wear on this trip. Y'all ain't gonna like what I'm wearing. Unless we have agreed upon like a particular day we're gonna wear a, a certain color or we're going for a certain theme. And even within that, how I execute that is my choice. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to remember that there are levels to it, that there are things that when it impacts just you as an individual, by all means, do what feels good for you. But when you are doing something that is going to directly and indirectly, if you're doing something that is going to have a significant impact on those around you, that's when you do need to give a fuck. Because we, we want to be kind. Well, let me speak for myself. I want to be a kind, compassionate, considerate individual. And so in within that, that means that if I'm doing something that's going to have an impact on others, I take their opinions into consideration. So I think that there, again, there are levels to it. For sure. But the overarching thing, though, is really to get to a space of being comfortable enough as in, in your authentic self that you are not caught up in the opinions of others, the opinions of society that you really are doing what feels right for you. I like that. I think there, maybe because of the example you gave, I feel like there may be a couple shifts in my perspective when I Mm -hmm. think about how you described it. But I would say that when I say I don't give a fuck, it actually means I deeply care about the opinions of those who understand me and my purpose, but also those who are evaluating me. And what I mean by evaluating me, I'm talking about like my manager at my job or even to some degree, oh, yes. our podcast listeners, right? Like to some, I know sometimes yeah. we push the boundaries, like overall lady, like we do care about what you think. And there are times where we'll disagree. Like, you know, one of the things you'll probably notice in this episode, Dom and I talked about in our very first episode, we use colorful language on this podcast. It's a grown woman podcast. So we're going to be cussing. And some people don't like the podcast because we cuss. But based on where we are in our lives and us being authentic, because this is how we talk with our girls, the vibe of the podcast is the girls. Like we, you know, we vibing. So we're going to be cussing. Right. And so if you don't agree with that, you can listen to a different podcasts, right? So that's an instance where it's like, I hear you. I care about what you're saying, but we're going to do what feels, you know, authentic to us. And so I value the people in my life who can see things in my blind spots, right? Sometimes they can see things yeah. that I don't necessarily see. However, for me, those that don't matter would be the naysayers, right? The people just be hating, just to mm-hmm. be hating. The people who are closed-minded, people who are judgmental, and also people who haven't done the work on themselves. 
And I say I don't have any fucks to give to them because usually those people are not meant to understand. And I try yeah. to reserve my cares for the things, the right things, right? And so, Dom, I'll give you an example. Yeah. For my new brand, I definitely see it being a lot more taboo, very different from the brands I've had before that were more, I want to say, you know, youth facing, where like it was more polished and it was presentable to a young person. The direction I feel myself going in now is like some grown woman shit. For instance, yep. if you go to my TikTok, I have workout videos and I'm legitimately working out, but I'm loving how my body looks and feels and I'm feeling great in my body. So my workout clothes are sexy. I'm in the gym with my trainer and you see some, you know, you see some todays, you see some ass. And I mean, I have clothes on, but you can see, you know, you see it in the, yeah. the workout gear. We and I'm sure you see the shape. Okay, you see the shape. We see that body. You see that body? Come on. Come on, Dr. Girl. So it's different from stuff I used to post before. So I'm sure some people are like, oh my gosh, what's she doing? Is she changing? No, boo. That's one, like I've been this way before, but I'm more comfortable sharing this part of myself. And so I think in that instance, Tom, for me, even though it's impacting people, in that case, I'm like, I don't give a fuck because I know I'm here to, I'm embracing my body. I'm doing, I'm, you know, supporting my healthiest, best life. And in that situation, that's a, that's where it's like, y'all going to get the, y'all going to get this body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think that that's important to recognize, again, like what we are, recognize that there are circumstances, context is important. Yes. Right? That there are circumstances in which, yeah, we we have to, right? Yeah. And then, but what we're trying to say here is that in general, when it comes to you as an individual, yeah, we are breaking free from being beholden to what society says or what anybody else around us says me should or should not be doing. Exactly. And speak about, talk about Blatchett. That's, I just got a Blatchett vibe as you were saying that. Bougie, classy, ratchet lady, you already know. Yes. So let's talk a bit about the approval seeking trap, right? So lady, if you take a look at your life, I know if I take a look at my life, I can definitely see how societal pressures and conditioning has played a significant role in shaping my tendency to seek approval from others, right? I think about from a young age, we're exposed to societal norms, cultural expectations, and standards of success. Oh my gosh, I remember like in school, how for some of us, it was so gruesome, like you had to get A's and B's. It was very much a defining factor on who you are and your worth. And so these influences can create a strong desire for approval and validations, validation from others, right? Outside of ourselves. And so I think some of the key ways, like we were to just think about some top influences. We have media influence, family mm-hmm. dynamics and traditions, cultural Ooh. expectations. Mm-hmm. What else? Economic factors could be one. Yeah. Fear yeah. of rejection. I mean, the list can go on and on. Educational systems. I mean, so many different institutions and, you know, paradigms that are shaping how we're showing up in this approval-seeking posture. Yeah, and I think, yes, I think what it is, and looking at how things are defined, right? Like, who says, who, who's a who that defines what it means to be a Black woman at 
25 versus a black woman at 35 or 45 Mm -hmm. or 75, right? And recognizing that once you identify the who and recognize that that who is not you, (laughs) then it doesn't really matter, right? That what's more important in releasing that approval-seeking trap that all of us, I don't care who you are, we have all fallen into it at some point in our lives. Some of us stayed in it longer than others. Once you recognize what it is, it's important to then release it. Like recognizing that your life is just that. Your life. That even as a child, there are certain things that you don't need other people's approval for. I think about my younger nieces and nephews. Right? They decide what their favorite color is. They can be five years old. They have a say on what their favorite color is. I can't change that. They don't need my approval to decide their favorite color. Now, if we're in the store, and on my rich auntie vibes and buying them an outfit, if I'm the person who's paying for it, I technically have a say. Well, you wanted mm-hmm. this blue outfit. I don't like this blue outfit. I ain't buying it. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned to get those promo codes and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, as you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, 
there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black stories, Black truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the rich black auntie. It was good. Now, you know, black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Now, is that healthy? Is that helpful? In getting them to under, like, start to decide what they want, like have that autonomy, no, that's not helpful, right? Because ideally, as long as the outfit is appropriate for the concept, and I can afford it, Why would I say no? Mm -hmm. Because to me, in that moment, what I'm doing is setting that child up for people pleasing. Mm -hmm. Auntie doesn't like seeing you in blue. Auntie prefers to see you in orange. Even though blue is your favorite color. So because now I've exerted my opinion on you in a space that didn't need my opinion, now you're going to start getting orange things because you want my auntie to prove them. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I think that autonomy, Dom, also speaks to the power of authenticity. And yeah. I think that when it comes to 
you know, the people pleasing or just breaking free from the approval of others, it really begins with our relationship with ourselves, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of freedom that comes with embracing one's true self and being in relationship with oneself. And it allows us to be unburdened by the need for constant approval. And so, lady, I think that's something that we should definitely dive into. Like, what does it mean to be your authentic self? I think it includes, you know, understanding, you know, what are your values outside of society's expectations and pressures outside of what other people think about you? Like, what are your values? What are your passions? What are your beliefs? Right. And just kind of going through a journey of self-discovery to understand who you are at the core, because I think that when you understand who you are at the core, what you're here for, your purpose, and again, your why, right? I think we talked about that on a previous episode or (laughs) a future episode, we're going to talk about your why, but it's super important. And once you get clear on all that and you have that solid foundation, when you move freely in the world, the opinion, you're like, oh, okay, that's what they think. That's your opinion. You know, it's easier to just move freely because you have that that relationship with yourself and you're clear on what it means to be authentic to you. Yeah. And I think that being the being authentic to you is super important because then it permeates everything that you do, mm-hmm. every space that you occupy. Right. Like as you were saying that, like an example that comes up for me is an example I've shared before. Thinking about natural hair, right? Mm-hmm. And and lady, if you're watching this episode, you'll see that this is one of the rare episodes where I don't have braids in, and you see my natural my natural hair, and and so it makes me reflect. Like anytime I take my braids out and I'm looking at my natural hair, like I see, I reflect on that journey, right? Like. I've been wearing I've been wearing my hair natural for at least 15 years now. So before before it was super popular, before we had product, like mm-hmm. we were using, we legit were using honey and juices and berries. <laughs> because they didn't have products for exactly. natural hair, or they had very few products. Let me say that. Yep. They had very few products that weren't really accessible, like things are new. And, but I, what I remember about that time when I first started that natural hair journey is that, like, and natural hair for me meant, like, I was still getting my hair straightened, but I wasn't wearing, getting relaxers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that that, journey was an opportunity for me to practice releasing the approval of others and focusing on what really felt good for me. Mm-hmm. Because at the time that I did it, that I went natural, most people around me were like, what are you doing? Why would you do that to yourself? And when I started that journey was also chopping, having a big chop, right? Mm-hmm. And there were so many people around me who were not approving of that. People whose opinion at the turn weighed a lot to, in, in my mind. 
But I had gotten to a point where I was focused on really coming into doing what felt authentic to me and being less concerned or less weighed down by what other people had to say. Now, because I was early in that journey, when when the people around me did not approve or express anything negative, it hurt. Oh, yeah. It didn't stop me, though. Mm-hmm. I continued on that journey because, you know, fast forward to here we are. Right. And my hair is still natural. And more people, it has become more popular, much more popular since then. But at that time, it was a good opportunity for me to practice really shedding the opinions of other people. Because what that then did was allowed me to see what it was like for me to be my authentic self. And then to be, begin to engage in higher stakes decision making mm-hmm. without relying on the approval of others. Better go ahead, Dom. Yes, girl. I love that you shared that. And kudos to you, Dom, for sticking with the journey despite the feedback. We talked about this on the podcast before. I had a similar experience with my big chop and things the family said. And damn, that feel, I mean, especially when it's people close to you, that shit is tough. It, it is. I remember feeling lonely and like questioning, did I make the wrong decision? And makes you question your beauty because this is, you know, back then, I think more so now it's, we're embracing women who decide to shave their heads and rock, you know, a beautiful bald head or a low cut. But I think back then, I mean, it was just, people were just like, what are you going through a midlife crisis? Like, you're not going to get married. What's happening? Like, just so confused. Yeah. And it can really impact you. But I think something that's important to note, you made me think about about this time as you were speaking, people are fickle, right? And a lot of times so the fickle. people who have these perspectives or the, the that are trying to give feedback on your journey, not even a lot of times, sometimes these people don't even have experience with where you're going or what you're trying to do. And their feedback is based on their limited beliefs, their limiting beliefs, their limited perspective and usually lack of research, right? So of course, we want to give a fuck about the people who mean well, who are like in our corner, who are supporting us. It doesn't mean we always have to agree with what they're saying, but at least be open because we always want to be coachable. We can't ever just be on an island and think we know everything and can't get feedback from anyone. We should always be coachable to those who are worthy of being the coach, right? And so I think that, you know, you just sharing that, it's like, damn, people are so fickle. Times have changed. Now I'm sure a lot of the people who were talking about your natural hair back then are either natural or they tried it and they embarked on the journey after. And so it's just a reminder on being authentic to yourself. Like one of the activities now, I brought this up with one of my coaches recently because I'm I'm really working on this with myself even more now and taking it to a higher degree. And I love that you talked about that experience of cutting your hair and shape or or doing your big chop allowed you to make higher stake decisions without the approval of others. That's so powerful. And I think we could take baby steps like that in our journey yep. where we do we take these small steps that then lead us to bigger steps. Okay, I'm trying not to go off on too many tangents, but two things I just want to share real quick. So Dom, years ago when I started my blog, it was a big step for me in making decisions on my own and like having ownership and not 
having to get approval because I used to be the kind of person where every time I would do something, here, can you read this and take a look at it? But when you have a blog, it, unless you're paying an editor, you don't have the time to have someone read a blog in its enti- entirety before you publish it. So for me, that that helped me with my self-esteem. I would publish posts and hit send without having anyone read it. And it gave me ownership over my craft, over my decision-making. And it was very instrumental in my development as a woman. And then I was telling my coach, kind of go back to what I was saying earlier. I was telling my coach that one day I'm going to go outside and just live my life like a regular day, but I'm going to wear like one of my knee-high boots and one of my Tim boots, like two different shoes, just because I feel like something that, sometimes I got to be extra, something that drastic. I know people are going to be looking at me in the street. I know people are going to say things, but just being able to go freely and be unconventional mm-hmm. and not care if like, oh, someone's going to take a picture and post me on social media or whatever it might be. I think sometimes activities like that can also be the catalyst to help us tap into that energy even more. That was it. Listen, as you said that, okay, so as you said that, <laughs> the social psychologist in me was like, oh, that's a good social experiment yeah. to, for yourself. But also, to me, I'd be so curious around how many people come up to you and point it out to you that you're mm-hmm. wearing two different shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would be so curious around what are the thoughts as other people are observing you? Like, what are the thoughts that they're having? Yes. Because the thoughts that they're having are going to be a reflection of themselves, like that where part. they are in the moment. Can you dive into that deeper? What does that mean, Dom? Because that's deep. So I think that oftentimes when we, the opinions that we have of other people in ourselves are based on where we are in the moment, right? So if you're a person who is in a state of still being like, maybe you're still in your people-pleasing phase, or maybe you're in a space where you're feeling insecure, or you're in a or you're in a space where you are still needing the approval of others, you might find yourself as Terry is walking down the street in her mismatched shoes that or mismatched shoes. As you're walking as Terry's walking down the street in her mismatched shoes, like if you're in one of those spaces. You may look at Terry and you may say, what is going on with her? What does she know? Did she know that? Like, the devil has something, but she can go back in and get that together. Like, what is going mm-hmm. on? Right? Yeah. Other questions folks might have, if they are in a state where they are feeling free, They may look at it and say, damn, that's a bold choice. Okay. She did that. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. But she's doing it, right? And so your opinions of other people around you really are, are dependent upon the faith that you are in. And when you are in a faith where you aren't giving a fuck anymore. Where you are being, you have embraced 
being your authentic self, you are less likely to care to be emotionally invested in what other people around you are doing, particularly strangers. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't care, because I want to I clarify. There's a difference between caring and being overly emotionally invested in someone or someone. Um, oh no, I think you might have to break down the differences. What's the difference between the two? Let the people know. All right. <laughs> All right. So if I am overly emotionally invested in someone, then that means that I feel their outcome are connected to and will directly be impacted by the outcomes of their decision. And so I am hyper-focused on their behaviors and what they're doing. Versus if I care, if I care. All right, lady, it's about that time. Dom and I want to share a few sponsors with you that we believe you'd enjoy. So stay tuned, get those promo codes, and we'll hop right back into this informative conversation. Lady, As you know, this month is Women's History Month, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the stories of Black women specifically. Black representation holds significant importance in conveying possibilities to everyone, not just those of us in the Black community. I can recall growing up watching Oprah Winfrey and the Black newscasters in my hometown of New Orleans, and it showed me the importance of sharing my own stories, and using my own voice. Well, the next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's latest collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, You'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Tracy Ellis Ross to Beyonce's Renaissance, Michelle Obama to the women behind the Montgomery bus boycott, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. What I love most about Black Stories, Black Truths is the fact that the stories are from us and they cover topics we want to hear. I recently listened to an episode called Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie. And it was just such a breath of fresh air to hear her perspective on her new projects, what she loves most about podcasts, and how she feels about being called the Rich Black Auntie. It was good. Now, you know, Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. 
Stories should never be told about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. I want what's healthy, what's best for you. Recognizing that there are limits to my power, my opinion. And the outcome. I have no control over your outcome. If I'm overly emotionally invested, chances are I'm probably also trying to control what happens as well. I'm offering up my opinion. I am like all in, in it, in it, in it. Mm-hmm. Girl. It's like share with a healthy dose of, if I have a healthy dose of caring. Mm-hmm. I want to see you do well. I w- and do well is what it's healthy for you, not my, my opinion. As you were breaking that down, the difference between care and being emotionally invested, I couldn't help but think about Holly Bailey because she's been trending for like the past few months with this, you know, as far as like the alleged pregnancy. And so it made me think yeah. about that because they're con- I feel like people are feeling both ways, right? They're saying that she allegedly had the baby over the, you know, the Christmas holiday. And by the time this episode airs, we'll probably know for sure what happened. But I see these two sort of schools of thought, right? On social media. Some people are like, whatever she wants to do with her life, wish her the best. And the others are just like, no, not the little mermaid. Why is she with this rapper? Like, it's like, they're so emotionally invested. And so y'all forgive me for the, the tangent, but that's how I was kind of Processing that's a good what example. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a good example for folks to kind of understand what that really looks yeah. like. Yeah. As you were speaking down, it made me think about situations. I love the fact that you leaned into someone's opinion or their perspective is based on where they are in their life. And so it made me think about moments in my life where I was working on being more outspoken. And so when I saw, well, no, I wanted to be outspoken, but I wasn't comfortable with it. And so when I saw other women or other people be outspoken, I was very judgy. Like I found that in my past, I had a habit of judging things that I deeply desired to do. So a sexually liberated woman who was just like, I don't give a fuck what nobody's thinking. I'm just going to do me. Like I'm boom, boom, boom. And I wasn't in that space back then. So I was just like, she shouldn't be doing that. Like, you know, like just projecting mm-hmm. and judging or even a woman who wears something really cute. And you know, how back in the day, y'all where that people would be like, oh, she thinks she all that. Actually, I think you think she all that because she ain't say shit about right. being all that. She just showed up. And you felt triggered. You know what I mean? So I think about those instances where 
people just show who they are based on where they are in their life and how they respond to what you're presenting. So moving along here to selective folks to give. Hmm. I think this is important. We kind of talked about this before, but I feel like we're going to dive in a bit deeper on what does it mean to strategically give a fuck? (laughs) Yes, yes. I think, you know, when we think about being strategic in this, in the fuck that we have to give, I think it's important to be strategic. One, because you want to consider and acknowledge that we all have limited emotional resources, right? Mm-hmm. That how you allocate your emotional resources really is important. Yeah. If I am giving all of my emotional resources to a situation that I have no control over. Yes. Then what then does that leave? What emotional resources does that leave for the situations that I do have control over or the people in my life that I care more about, right? Mm-hmm. So the example I can think of that I think will resonate with a lot of our is work, right? <laughs> As a Black woman in America, and I'm sure, lady, if you are listening from another country, you may be able to resonate with this as well. But I can I can only speak to what it's like being a black woman in America. There have been multiple times in my life where I have been in a work, work situation that was draining my emotional capacity, mm-hmm. which then made it difficult for me to show up with friends and family. And let's be real, I like what I do, but my friends and family matter more. Hell yeah. So if I am giving all of my emotional resources to work, what then do I have left for the people in relationship that mean more? Mm-hmm. I, amen. I mean, Dom, you hit the nail on the head. I think it's all about just, you know, Understanding the importance of discerning where you are choosing to invest that emotional energy, right? Yes. Because, I mean, like you said, we have limited emotional resources. And I think that you also kind of talked about prioritizing meaningful connections. So if you know that, oh, this job, yeah, I appreciate my job or my dream funder, whatever you want to call it. And I'm not about to let these people stress me out after hours. When I clock out, I'm done and I'm prioritizing the meaningful connections, right? I think it's also about setting boundaries. Like I'm at a point in life down oh, where, yeah. girl, I there, because first, this all goes back to your relationship with self. Because over the years, as someone who struggled with low self-esteem and who's had to work very hard to not hate myself based on my you know, abuse that I experienced and all that stuff, I speak to myself a certain way. And if I ever feel like I'm falling back into a pattern of speaking negatively to myself, I check that shit real quick and we get it in order. So... I don't have the capacity to let other people talk to me any kind of way. I just don't do it. If I don't let myself talk to me any kind of way, I'm damn sure not about to let somebody else do that. And so that was a boundary that it took me a while to build. But setting that boundary allows me to protect my peace and my energy and my emotional capacity because 
if someone doesn't have access to me because they don't know how to adhere to a boundary, then I'm not impacting the same way, you know? I think yep. also rituals. Uh, I was on a call the other day with a client and they were rude as fuck. And I was so annoyed. I was really bothered. So I'm like, I just came on the call. I had this really good energy and they were so mean. And they like just were funky. And so literally after the call, I said, I am not holding this space. So I cleared my energy. Right. Did a quick routine for meditation and you know did my ritual. And I was done with it. And I let it go. And I reminded myself that their reaction or how they responded on the call, it wasn't personal. They weren't, they didn't wake up like, I'm going to go talk to Terry Lomax this way and be rude. They have some shit going on in their life, which impacted the way they showed up. So it allowed me to not make it as, like not take it as personally, release that shit and move on. And so I think that there are many ways that we can protect our, our energy and our boundaries when we are having our selective fucks to give. Yes, I I agree with that. And I think part of that, Setting the bound, how you're able to set the boundaries and how you know which you're able to discern, which connections are most meaningful to you is by making sure that you were in alignment with your value, right? Mm. That is, we know that work is not at the top of your values list, then that should not be where you give the most up. It should go towards where you have, what are your top priorities in terms of your value, right? Making sure that you set boundaries that reflect the relationships that are highest priority to you, that the things that matter most are the things that you put the most energy into. And then what that also does, once you are clear in your values and your core beliefs, it makes it a whole lot easier to let go of the things that don't matter. Tell you what the example that you gave of being on a call with this person who had who was coming in with all the negative energy, and you knew one work is not the top priority for you, right? Then people relationships with friends, family, you know, that is where your priority is, and you also recognize that it's important not to take things personal. So then when you were able to get off that call, you were able to release and by engaging in your ritual, that helped you to release something that was unnecessary for you mm-hmm. in terms yes. of where your concerns lie. Exactly. Because if after you get off that call, you're having to go and tend to your family, you don't want to carry that energy from that call into your time with your family when that's your thing because time with your family is a higher priority than that call yes and i think that too another thing that could be helpful too dom is journaling sometimes i'll yes. you know something will happen and it's i'm replaying it in my mind to think about well, what i could have done wonder why they did that sometimes i'll create a quick voice note in my phone or i'll just journal get that shit out of my body and onto paper or into the into the audio file and then I let it go and release it. So lady being, it's all about mindful engagement, right? Being mindful and present 
and just particular about the energy and the people that we are keeping in our circles. Now, Dom, I wanted to check in. Is there anything else that you want to talk about with this topic? Because I know we want to save some juicy stuff for the after show. And so I just want to see, is there anything else we want to cover about this before we dive in? What we, before we head on to the after show, I think what I want folks to be sure to take away is recognizing that by really being strategic in where you put your concern, that also gives you liberation of time. Mm-hmm. Right? If you can identify the thing that you are not concerned about, then you spend less time on those things and more time on the things that you are concerned about, the things that do matter more. And then that allows you to really be intentional on how you utilize the time around you. You know, part of our title is like reclaiming our turn. And we want to make sure that as we're stepping into this new season, that we truly are. Because I think about when I reflect on 2023, there were a lot of things that happened for a lot of people that we don't need to have happen in in this new season. And when we really step back and reflect on what are the things that really matter to us? What are the things that we truly care about? We can then use our time in a more resourceful way, in a more, in a more uplifting and liberating way. For sure. Absolutely. Because we have space and we have the mental capacity to do so. Yeah. Amen. Go ahead, Dom. Lady, we appreciate you for tuning in. Dom and I are going to head on over to the after show. So come join us. You can visit herspacepodcast.com and click on Patreon to join us for the after show. Also, just a reminder, in case you were wondering, this is a Black founded, Black owned and Black funded podcast. These two voices that you hear, we are the owners of this podcast. Okay. The owners look like you. So support us, lady. Okay. Come support us. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, if you enjoy the podcast, and also visit us on Patreon and support us as a patron. We're also on social media at Herspace Podcast. And now we're going to go to the after show. So we'll talk to you soon and we'll see you next time. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Herspace Podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. 
If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at herspacepodcast.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. My thoughts create my reality. Today, I choose thoughts that empower and uplift me. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.